Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast, where we want to know God, find life, make a difference, and reach our world. If you have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out online simply by going to gracelife.church or on our YouTube channel. You can always find video content of all our messages as well as services for your preschool and elementary school kids. Our greatest desire is to make Jesus famous across the street and around the world. We want to see as many people as possible experience the love of God and make Jesus their king. Each year, we take time to focus on global outreach to celebrate what God has done through you, the Grace Life family, to reach your neighbors and your world. Join us these next three weeks as we go next door. Hey, Grace Life. One of the core parts of our vision as a church family is to reach our world. It is so important that we never lose sight of why we are still here on the earth. That is to see as many people as possible enter the kingdom of God by making Jesus their king. Each year we always do a series reminding us of the importance of the mission that Jesus gave us. And our theme this year is Go Next Door. This series is always more than just a few sermons. We think it's a pretty big deal. It's actually about reaching our world and not just talking about it. And so we always have opportunities for us to do that in a very practical way. Well, because of COVID, we've had to change how we're doing some of these this year. So either on your seat or available for download if you're worshiping with us online is a card explaining everything that we are doing this year and how you and your family can be involved wherever you are. Be sure to get this so you can be a part of reaching the world during this holiday season. Hey, hey, Grace Life. Hey, hey, we're excited to be with you on this beautiful day. Um, Man, it is cool to see how God is moving in the life of our church. But before I get going any further, because I'm really excited about today, let me just slow down for a second and say welcome to all of our first-time guests today, whether you're in person or online. Would you join me and let's welcome them for being here today. So if that's you, do us a favor and fill out that connection card, whether the one that's in the seat pocket or by texting um, the 803-881-8000 because we want to say hello and thank you for being here again. Also, along that note, if you've been around Grace Life for a little bit or even if it's your first time, today, right after this service, we have our first step, Discover. This is your chance to see if Grace Life is the church home for you. You're going to hear about the vision and values for our church from Pastor Jimmy, and it's a great time. We take care of lunch and child care. We'd love to invite you all to be part of that. All right, good deal. So we are in our Go Outreach series. This is one of my favorite times of the year because we get a chance to see what God is doing around the world and see how we can be part of that. We have such a great mission to make Jesus famous wherever we're at. And I believe every one of us has a part to play in that. Um, On that note, you heard Pastor Jimmy in the video talk a little bit about this, but let me just highlight this for a a couple seconds if that's okay. Um, So if you're online, you can also download a copy of this on our website or app, or you can text the number that's on the screen and get a digital copy. Um, But what we want to do is we want to equip you and help keep you focused on showing the love of God through simple acts of kindness. So there's 25 different options on here. 
And I encourage you to do this as a family and mark them off as you go. Um, I, I talked to one couple after Thursday night. They're like, it's, they're, they're having a competition between the two of them. It's awesome. So however you want to do it, do it. Get involved. Um, just a couple examples of that. Like make, write a note to a teacher, principal, or child care provider. Now, parents, you guys know virtual learning is a little challenging, right? But you know what? For our teachers and administrators, it's hard for them too. That little note can show so much kindness and so much compassion. Um, or buy dinner for someone. When you're in the drive-thru, maybe the Holy Spirit puts it on your heart to buy the meal for the person behind you. Do it. Or maybe it's the person across the street. Or pray with a neighbor. Sometimes we just need to go beyond just, hey, man, how you doing? And be like, how are you really doing? And stop. And just go ahead and pray for them right there. It can make a huge difference. So, again, let me encourage you, do this however, if it's a family, if you're doing a competition with your family. But let's get out there and show people the kindness of God. Good deal? Good deal. All right. D, you, you're ready to go. I love it. One more thing I want to let you know about. Um, if you're here in person, you saw these baby bottles that are on the uh, tables right there in the back. If you're watching us online, you can find an organization like I'm about to talk to in your community or stop by the church office for one of these. But let me tell you about these. We're asking people to fill these up with change, cash, checks, or whatever um, to bless a ministry called Daybreak. What Daybreak does is it comes alongside of young ladies and young couples who are in a crisis because of an unexpected pregnancy. And often um, they don't know where to turn, what to do, and they end up considering having an abortion. Well, Daybreak comes alongside of them and they get the resources that these uh, young mothers need, whether it be emotional, physical, spiritual, but they walk alongside of this them in that very vulnerable time, and often because of what Daybreak does, they choose life. I'm excited about this, and I think you should too, because we serve a God who's the giver of life, and what a great organization to come alongside of and show God's love and kindness. Good deal? Who's ready to fill some baby bottles? Anyone? Right here, my man in the gray. Cool. All right, let's jump in. I am excited about going. I'm excited about seeing what God's going to do through this church and through your obedience to God's call on your life. Again, I'm going to say this all morning long, that God will make a difference in people's lives when the people of God get up and show his love and kindness. Two years ago, there's a couple in our church Jason and Alicia Pendergrass. They were just minding their own business on Halloween until one of our Grace Lifers knocked on their door and did our reverse trick-or-treating outreach that we normally do, handed them a bag, and two years later, they, um, they are here in our church, not just experiencing the love of God in this community, but they are leading outreach teams so that other people can experience the hope that they found. And I think we're going to hear a lot more stories as we go through this season and reach people for Jesus. Amen? Let's go. Um, so let me remind you about our mission. is to go into all the world and preach the gospel of Jesus, to go and make disciples. If you were here last week, you heard an incredible message by Larry Reagan, who really broke down what that looks like, what that means to go into all the world and make disciples. As he says, to go about your going. So as we walk through this life, we carry that missions in all the interactions 
that we have. And that mission is important. I believe that heaven and hell are real and that we have an eternity. And if that's true, how many of y'all know that mission is important? It's important to everybody that we come in contact with. That mission transcends geopolitical lines. It transcends age ranges, life circumstances. It is a mission that is valuable. How many of you guys know there's some Carolina fans in here that need some Jesus, right? I mean, Clemson looks like they prayed up, all right? But we have people in our life that need the love of God. Here's the problem though. I've been in ministry now for 16 years, spent three years on the mission field, all fired up about reaching people. But I kept hearing this thing again and again and again, people saying in one form or another, but that's not my job. Or someone else will do it. No, no, I I support missionaries to go across the globe to make sure that they hear. Or you know what, I go to church, I give in the offering, and you know what, I'm paying Pastor Jimmy to make sure that this community gets reached. Again and again, I've heard this a time and time again where people don't understand that we all have a responsibility in this mission. Let me remind you, okay? You are God's masterpiece. You were created anew in Christ Jesus for good works. He has a divine plan for your life. He has a divine calling on your life and a divine purpose. And he wants to use you to show his love and reach people in your life. Let me propose something to you. That God has actually strategically put people in your life for you to reach. Not Pastor Chuck, but for you to reach. Not Pastor Kent, but for you to reach. God has already placed people in your life with your responsibility to carry out the mission in their life. I love how the apostle Paul in Acts 17, he talks about this concept as he's preaching in Athens. He says this, he says, for one man, he made all the people of the world. Now they live all over the earth. He decided, now catch this, exactly when they should live and he decided exactly where they should live. God did this so that people would seek him and perhaps they would reach out for him and find him. Did you guys catch that? So of all the people that were gonna roam the earth, all the nations and cities and states, God appointed their time in history and location. So before the world ever began, God knew when you would live and he knew where you would work, he knew where you would go to school. What he did was he created our boundaries for us. He said, Savannah, I know when you're gonna be born. I know your time on this earth. He said, Jimmy, I know where you're gonna live. I know where you're gonna move. I know the place that I have for you. He set our boundaries in time and space for us. Before time began, he knew the neighborhood you would live in. He knew the coworkers that you would have. He knew to the second when you were gonna be born. God has given us a circle of influence in our life. And you know what's cool? Our circle intersects others, doesn't it? My next door neighbor, my coworker, the person who cut me off in traffic, 
the HOA president. Am I hitting some nerves? Come on, somebody. (laughs) My child's teacher. God knew where he was going to place you, when he was going to place you, and guess what? He knew all of these people that he's going to bring into your circle of influence, all the points in time that you were going to intersect. And I believe with every fiber of my being that God has put these people here for you to make a difference in their life. He has put them there so that you can show his love and kindness, which makes a bigger difference than any of us can imagine. Let's be real for a second, though. It's hard to love people. Anybody else experience that? Man, I've been married 11 years, and it's hard sometimes, guys. You know what I'm saying? Oh, by the way, happy birthday, baby. I love you. <laughs> it's hard to love people when your neighbor lets their dog come over, do their business in your front lawn, and then don't pick it up. Come on, somebody. That's hard to love people. Like I already said, that guy who cuts you off in traffic. Somebody knows Jesus testing us in Columbia, right? It is hard to love people. But here's the deal. Jesus tells us that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to show love. He said in John 30, 13, 35, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Do you want your neighbor to know who you serve, show them by your love. Do you want your coworker to know the reason for the hope that you have? Show them by your love. Do you want the people that intersect your circle, that come into your life to know that there is hope, that there is freedom, and there is salvation because of what Jesus did? Show them by your love. We prove to the world that we are God's people, that we are disciples of Jesus, that we have been redeemed and forgiven by our love for one another. As hard as it may be sometimes, that's what we do. I honestly think that we're coming up on one of the greatest opportunities that we have seen in a long time to show the goodness and the love of God. As we go into this next week, as we go into Tuesday and the election, we're in a place where we're more divided than I've ever seen in my short lifetime. All right, there are a lot of people who are hurt, they are scared, that they are angry. Jesus also tells us we're the light of the world. We're a city on a hill. What makes us shine? It's our love. What makes us that city on a hill? It's our love. What an opportunity that we've been given to show people at such a time the love of God. Now, obviously, loving people was a big deal for Jesus, right? He kind of came to this earth because he loved us. And throughout his time on earth, Jesus teaches us about how to love our neighbor, how to love others as he has loved us. And one of the most powerful stories that he used that illustrates to us how we should love one another is the story of the Good Samaritan. Now, if you grew up in church, you heard this about a half dozen times, minimum. If you've never stepped foot in church until today, you know the term Good Samaritan because it's such a powerful expression of what it means to love people. So I wanna go through this story and let's talk about what it means to love our neighbor. So the story starts off where Jesus is teaching and this young expert in the law, this young lawyer who's an expert in Jewish law, in God's law, he asked Jesus a simple question. He said, teacher, What must I do to receive eternal life? 
Jesus flips it back on him. He's like, well, what do you say? And this guy actually gives a good response. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Pretty good answer, right? And Jesus actually tells him that he's correct. Now, the scripture tells us, and we don't know why, but this young man felt the need to justify himself. All right, he may not have been doing a good job on the love your neighbor part. Maybe he wanted to kind of figure out how he could weasel his way out of that. We don't know. But for whatever reason, he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus this. He said, then who is my neighbor? Who am I responsible for loving like I love myself? And then Jesus goes into the story that we know as the Good Samaritan. You can follow along with me in Luke chapter 10, verses 30 by checking out the screens. Verse 30, Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead besides the road. So obviously, this guy's not having a good day, right? I mean, he's not living his best life on Taco Tuesday, all right? Things went bad, and they went bad fast. He is in a place where he doesn't just need a hand, he needs help. He needs somebody to come to his rescue and save him. The story continues in verse 31. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed over to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Now understand, at this point, the story kind of takes an unexpected twist. Nobody would have expected a priest and a temple assistant to just pass on by. Here is the leader of their religion, a religion that says to love your neighbor as yourself. It would be like Pastor Jimmy coming alongside and just waving at you as you're stuck in the ditch. Not that he would ever do that, all right? It, everybody listening to this is, okay, Jesus, what's going on? This is odd. It would be like Kent just waving by, all right? It was unexpected. Not what they thought that they would hear. Jesus continues. Then a despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. So what happened at this point in the story is it didn't just take a twist, it took like a hard left. Not at all what people would have expected. Now, back in this time, Jews and Samaritans hated each other. All right, hate's not even really a strong enough word. There was so much animosity and, and just spite between the two. The Jews viewed them as half-breeds and worthless. They'd even go around the town. I mean, it was bad. You could even swap some of the, uh, the story here with a Jew and a Muslim. That would catch people's attention, wouldn't it? Or this week, it might be a Democrat and a Republican. I don't know. But not what you expect to see at all. 
In fact, it was jarring for the audience to hear this. But it wasn't what was expected. It was something unheard of. The person that came to the aid of the Jewish man was his enemy. It was him that showed love. And Jesus caps it off with this question. He says, now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Yes, now you all go and do the same. Powerful story. So many dynamics going on right here. Jesus didn't just say, go and do the same. He also redefined what it meant to be someone's neighbor. You see, in Jewish culture back then, the concept of a neighbor was actually really broad. It wasn't just um, your neighbors in your neighborhood. In Jewish culture, it was any Jew, regardless of where they lived. So they could live in Rome. They could live in Jerusalem. They could live next door. They were your neighbor. Pretty broad, wouldn't you say? But Jesus says, your neighbor, the people that I'm calling you to love, isn't just those who look like you. It's not just those who think like you, believe like you, act like you, talk like you. He said, your neighbor are those people I bring into your life. Your neighbor are those who you intersect, those who you come into contact with, your next door neighbor, the person in traffic, the person at the market, the person sitting next to you. That's your neighbor. Everybody that I bring into your life is your neighbor. It's not just those who are like us. It's those we have been called to. It's a big difference. This story, it was unheard of. It was unexpected. It was completely uncommon. What Jesus is saying, I was called you to be people of an uncommon love. Let me tell you something, the world doesn't need more common courtesy. It needs an uncommon love. We don't need more well-wishing. We need the people of God to get fired up with the love of God and take that love out into the streets, out into the workplaces, out into the schools and show people who Jesus is. Go and do the same. Now, I understand talking about love may seem a little elementary, but my prayer is that as we continue to talk about this for the next few minutes, that the Holy Spirit gets a hold of our hearts and calls us to a place of deeper love, of wider love, a love that goes to all ends to make sure that these people that God's brought into our lives know who he is, amen? God's calling us to a love that is uncommon. So one thing I see in this story that if we're gonna get to that place of that type of love, we gotta be people of uncommon compassion. We've gotta have a compassion that's unheard of, that's unexpected. In verse 33, we see this with the Samaritan. He said, it says that when he saw the man, he did what? He felt compassion, okay? The other two, they saw it, right? But there was a difference. One saw and left the other saw and felt. Did you catch that? One saw and left, one saw and felt. One definition of compassion, I just love this. This really illustrates it. It says that compassion is a feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for another who is hurting, in pain, or has misfortune and is accompanied by a strong desire to help 
the suffering. Easiest thing that you and I can do is to ignore the situation, right? Because if we don't see it, then there's no obligation to do anything about it. And if there's no obligation to do anything about it, there's no need to feel it. This world's full of a lot of needs, isn't it? And it can get very heavy with all the needs. Let me acknowledge that. I mean, you'll be watching on YouTube and they have those little commercials of the puppy dogs and your heart just breaks with that music behind, you know what I'm talking about, a few of you guys, all right? Let me remind you, let me set you free for a second. God didn't call us to meet all the needs of the world, okay? We're not God, but he's calling us to see and feel the needs of those who he's bringing into our circle. We've gotta be people of deep and genuine compassion, If we're gonna do that, that means we live life with open eyes and open hearts. We don't just see what's going on, we feel what is going on. The way that we feel and the changes the way that we respond. Sometimes, uh, at least for me, probably for many of us, we just need to slow down. If we wanna see and feel what's going on in the lives of the people around us, we got to slow down and listen. Just slow down and listen. Most of last year, I ran a small remodeling company, and uh, one of the, the biggest jobs that we got was to remodel a uh, low-income housing complex that was about to be condemned by the city of Columbia. And what was unique about this job, this isn't what you see on TV, not what you see Chimp and Joanna doing where they go in, rip everything out, make it all pretty. Now, we're going into units where people are still living with all kinds of code violations that would blow your mind. So every morning, I'd get up and drive down there and go into these places, and every day, the Holy Spirit would say, slow down. Ask them how they're doing. So I'm like under the sink, changing stuff, getting all nasty, and I'm like, hey, bro, what's your name? Tell me where you're from. What's your story? And I'm coming out covered in all kinds of grime and we're standing in their kitchen talking. Like this became a daily thing. But through that, because I chose to slow down and to listen, what God was able to do, he was able to open my eyes to stuff I didn't even know was happening in our community. He was able to break my heart for some of the things that break his heart. And because of that, it put me in a position where I could love on people in a way that I've never been able to do before but it was because I slowed down. I saw and I felt because God had brought somebody into my circle. He brought somebody into my place of influence. If we're gonna be people of uncommon compassion, we walk through life with open eyes, open hearts. We're gonna see, we're gonna feel, and it doesn't matter if somebody's different. It doesn't matter if they're on the opposite side of the political aisle. It doesn't matter if we have a disagreement on everything that's important to us. God's brought them to my circle. I'm going to view them the way that Jesus viewed me. Because before we even knew that we had a problem, before we understood how we had broken the relationship with God, God's in heaven looking down at these people. At all of us, he refused to leave us the way that we were. In his great mercy and compassion, God had a plan for you and I. That's our example of compassion. But we don't just stop at compassion, right? That feels good, right? But 
we're also called to be people of uncommon kindness. In verse 34, the Samaritan, he saw, he felt, and then he soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. He could have stopped giving him an encouraging word. You're gonna make it, man. I believe in you. Today is your day. And then kept on going. But that's not what he did. Kindness is the overflow of compassion. We don't stop with just a feeling. We spring into action because God is bringing us opportunities to show his love and kindness in people's life. Kindness is simply the expression of our love through action. Something that I teach my kids to pray is God in everything that I say and everything that I do, may it bring glory to you. How we go about living our lives shows people who God is. Are we gonna wanna bring him glory or are we gonna wanna paint a picture that's inaccurate of who God is? But just like with anything else, it's easy to make excuses, right? You wanna know mine? I'm too busy. That stops me from taking action more than I wanna admit. I'm too busy. I just don't have the time to do it. Or maybe you tell yourself, you know what? That's not my place to do something. Or you know what? Somebody else is coming. They're gonna do a better job than I do. Or I'm not equipped. Come on, somebody. Mm -mm. All right, we don't make excuses. We take responsibility. My circle, my influence, my responsibility. But the truth is, sometimes when God brings us great opportunities to touch somebody's life, sometimes it's at the most inconvenient times, all right? So inconvenient sometimes. We gotta be willing to be interruptible. It's not just about us and our priorities. It's not just about where we're trying to get. Sometimes we gotta let God interrupt our plans so we can serve his. It can be inconvenient. It can be messy but it's a matter of showing the world a different picture. When Maggie and I moved into our neighborhood four and a half years ago, God really put it on our hearts to reach our neighbors, to, to not just be ordinary. We wanted to be like the best neighbors ever. And um, one thing that we heard that there was a need for someone to be over all the social events for the HOA. Now, I don't know where you live, but in most neighborhoods, people don't like the HOA. But, you know, we just felt God tug at our hearts. Like, okay, all right, Lord, we're gonna do this. And what we found is that there was very few people who knew each other, very few opportunities for relationships to form. And let me tell you about inconvenient. All right, we live lives like you guys, all right? We're busy. We got two small kids. We make sure we got homework. We got small groups. We got meeting in the evenings. And then somewhere in between that, we try to have some family dinners, right? But God directed us to do this. And over the year and a half that we did it, I can't tell you how many divine opportunities that God brought about for us to speak into people's lives, to have people over, to show them who Jesus was, to see people even come to church because we were willing to be inconvenienced. We were willing to go the extra mile. The Samaritan interrupted his day to take care of the Jewish man. And he didn't just get his day interrupted. I mean, it took a lot of work. He went the extra mile, put the man on his donkey, maybe went several miles, got messy. People and their problems get messy sometimes, right? But when we're willing to be interrupted, when we're willing to go beyond the surface level, 
There are opportunities that are rich where you can touch somebody's heart and touch their lives. One example that I've seen recently is uh, a young lady in our church. You're gonna hear more about what she's doing next week, but um, I just wanna shout her out. Sarah Hale saw a need. She saw a need in our community, allowed God to stir her heart up. And she started to get involved on her own, started to do something about the need. But then she decided she was gonna go the extra mile and put in even more work and more effort so other people could have the opportunity to reach one of the most vulnerable segments of our population. And man, she's killing it. She's going the extra mile. Why? Because she's committed to showing her circle, our community, who Jesus is. Let me remind you what Paul tells us in Romans 2.4. He says, it is the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Not the anger of God, not the wrath of God. It's the kindness of God you want people to see Jesus? Show them through how you love them through your kindness. Because God looked down from heaven to earth with great compassion for us. He didn't stop, did he? And then he sent his son, Jesus, to this earth. He took action for us. But we don't stop there. Yeah, we're going to develop uncommon compassion. Yes, we're going to develop uncommon kindness. But you know what else we're going to do? We're going to develop uncommon generosity. In verse 35, we see that he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay. I'll pay next time I'm here. He didn't just take compassion. He could have just bandaged him up and left him there. He went and then he gave of his own treasure to make sure that the man was taken care of. He used his own oil. He used his own bandages. He used his own money to make sure that the life of the Jewish man, his enemy, was saved. When we love people well, when we take ownership for the influence that God has given us, can I just state the obvious? It ain't free. There's a cost involved. Whether it's time, which I've already said, that's a hard one for me. God's calling some of us to be generous with our time. For, for others of us, he's calling us to be generous with our energy. And I know some of y'all are Jack Russells, that's not a big sacrifice. But we're called to be generous. We're called to be generous with what God has put in our hands with our money, with our assets. It's not about what we have. It's about what we've been given to leverage it for the benefit of somebody else. That's uncommon generosity. When we start to view what God has blessed us with, what he has given us, not just for our own consumption, but for the benefit of those people that God has supernaturally brought into our life, these moments that he knew before time began, is it free to go buy somebody's dinner? No, it's not. Is it free to fill up the baby bottles so that a child can experience life? No, it's not. Is it free when we take a day off of work to go help a next door neighbor with a project? It's not. There's a cost involved. If we're gonna be people of uncommon love, that means we gotta be a people of uncommon generosity, that we live open-handed, I believe that God has already put in your hand every resource that you need to reach these people because we serve a God who
who owns it all. He owns it all already. I heard a missionary friend say one time that if God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. Are we living open-handed? Do we view with what we have been given as a resource? Again, not about for what we want, but about what they need. Uncommon generosity. We leverage what we have for the benefit of someone else. Ultimately, that's what Christ showed us. He lived literally a sacrificial life for us, for you, for me. He showed us what real generosity was when he laid his life down so that we can be forgiven, so that we can be set free. God looked down on heaven on us, took great compassion on us. He took action and showed his kindness by sending Jesus to this world. And then he gave. He gave his life as a ransom for many. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Because he gave, I will give. Because he gave his all, I'm gonna give my best. If he can die for the people that he's placed in my life, the very least I can do is do the best with every single moment that he has brought us about. When we go to work, it's not about a paycheck anymore. It's about they're paying us eight hours to preach the gospel by how we love the people that are in our office, by how we love the customers that we interact with. It's not about a paycheck anymore. It's about an interaction. And we're getting paid to do that. How great is that? When we go home, we're not just going to our subdivision. We're going to our neighborhood. These are people that God laid out their boundaries to intersect mine. It changes the way we view them. All of a sudden, we're not mad as heck that somebody's not cutting their grass and affecting my home values. No, we see an opportunity to show what Jesus looks like to that person. Come on. When we go to soccer practice and our kids out on the field and all the parents, you know, we're on our phones doing our things, still checking work emails because we're workaholics, you know. We love, we love these guys that are sitting there enough. Put my phone down. Strike up a conversation. Hear about what hurts their heart, what they're worried about for their kids. We show them love because God's brought a point of intersection into our life. When we're driving in traffic, that may be a short intersection, but you got a Grace Life bumper sticker on your car and you're gonna show somebody love by letting them in. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to hurt somebody there. I'm sorry. Some of us, God has given us a large circle with many points of influence on it through social media. That can be a great tool of destruction or a great tool to show a powerful message. Let our love change the way that we post. Let our love change the way we comment on stuff. Let our love change the way we reply to stuff. Because God's brought the intersection, it's my responsibility how I act in that moment 
what I show in that moment, what I say in that moment, because ultimately I'm reflecting him. As we go into this next week, as we go into Tuesday, let me just call it for what it is, people are scared and they are hurting. We don't know what to expect come Wednesday morning. It doesn't matter who gets elected. Our hope and our faith is not in the government. It's not in our jobs. Our hope and our faith is in Jesus. So if we wanna see our community be restored and brought together, they don't need to know who we vote for. They need to know who we live for. It's my circle. It's my responsibility. It's my life. It's my love that I willingly surrender to his will, to his plan for my life. What are you gonna do with the time you've been given? What are you gonna do with every intersection that God brings your way? My hope and my prayer is that every point, it's filled with love, it's filled with compassion, it's filled with kindness and generosity. And as you go about your going, as you love people like Jesus did, that they see the hope that you found. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment? Now, we're gonna end a little bit differently today because I wanna have a chance for us just to respond and worship and I wanna pray over everyone. But before we do that, let's just pause for a second. Maybe you're here today and you've never experienced the love of Jesus. As we're talking about that love that Jesus had for us, you feel something in your heart right now and it's just tugging and you know you need to experience his compassion, kindness in your life. Before we can show the world a love that's uncommon, we've got to first experience Jesus's love for us. If that's you, I want to give you a chance to come home, to come into a relationship with Jesus, for him to forgive you of your sins, to set you free, to make you new through his love. If that's you, I'm gonna pray and I want you to pray right along with me. Make the decision today whom you will serve, who will be your king and your God. Jesus, I thank you so much that you showed your great love and compassion for me before I even knew that I had a problem before I knew that I needed you, you sent your son, Jesus, to this earth to live and die and be raised again for me. Right now, I ask that you'd forgive me of my sins, that you would make me new. Right now, I receive your love. I ask that you would help me to live a life empowered to follow you as my King, my Lord, and my Savior. Now, as we remain in a place of prayer, like I said, I wanna take a moment. I wanna pray over this church family. I wanna pray over every single man, woman, and child in this place that God would empower you to live well in these moments, to love well in these moments. But it takes a choice on our part to lay down our will and surrender to his. It takes our choice to say, God, fill me with your love and pour my love out on those around me. So what I wanna do is I wanna ask you to stand. If you are ready to show the world who Jesus is, stand with me right now and let's pray. Jesus, I thank you so much for your love. Jesus, I thank you that even though we didn't deserve it, even while we were still your enemies, 
that you came, that you died, you rose again because of your great love. God, I ask that today we would respond to that love in the way that we love our neighbors. Jesus, fill us with your love and let us pour out that love in everywhere that we go, God, in everything that we do, everything that we say. God, I ask that you would open our eyes. Let us see the things that we don't see yet. God, open our hearts and let us feel the compassion that you have for these people. God, I ask that you make us people of action who respond to needs. God, I ask that you would make us people of generosity. Oh, Lord, we just ask that your anointing and your power would come upon us, Lord, to see captives set free, for eyes to be opened, for hope to be found, for restoration. God, let our communities, let our neighborhoods, let our workplaces, our schools, everywhere we go, God, we claim them in the name of Jesus and ask that you would be glorified through us. May the world know us by our love for one another. Jesus, we give you all of our praise, our glory, and honor in your name. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. If you've made the decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. It's the best decision you'll ever make. If you've been impacted in any way, we'd love to hear about it. Head over to gracelife.church resources where you can share your story and find other tools for following Jesus. We hope you go out and make Jesus famous in your world.